Welcome to More of That Presents Discography, the podcast where a Springfield, Missouri band dives deep into a band's catalog, one album at a time. I am Matt. I play guitar. I'm Josh on bass. I'm Logan on guitar. I'm Blake, and I play the drums. And we are More of That. Welcome back to Discographology, the podcast that tempers expectation. For those just joining, we talk artist discographies, but between each episode, we have a shorter episode called Pregame. And that's where we chat about music we've been listening to, what's up with our band, and fun little segments. And we're gathered here this evening in preparation for next week's Palette Cleanser episode, our one-off episode before we start a new artist, which has been hailed as one of the worst albums ever made, 1969's The Shag's Philosophy of the World. Guys, without spoilers, do you think we'll survive this next episode? I will say I haven't listened to a lot of it yet, but what I have heard, I what are you I, doing? I have no thoughts yet. I I have maybe two thoughts. I'm like I, who this is a this is a tough one, Logan. This is a tough one. I've listened to enough bad stuff in my day that I I think I can handle it. <laughs> I, I think I'm up to it. I uh, already have superlatives picked out, actually, or, or at least a pretty good that, sense of it. I, I listened to it a couple of times. So uh, you listen I, to I, the whole thing, by the way, like front yeah. to back. I, yeah, Jesus I listen top to I listen to top to bottom today. The, <laughs> yeah, the, you gotta the, listen I, to the, the whole idea thing. of oh, it, it's not long, oh. but the idea of having favorite Matt's over there, like, oh man, this one's my jam. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm. It's it's. I listen to like a few tracks, and I'm like, I gotta take a break. <laughs> yeah, you do. You kind of gotta. Yeah, it's tough. I said hype this up, Josh. Not okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> Talk this I, down. <laughs> I mean, you want to tune in? I believe me. I'm. I plan on you know okay. binging it quite a few times here to to get some thoughts. But I I just have to say, so far, I'm I'm like I I I don't know what to say here. Maybe I'm missing something. I don't know. It's well, like a haunted house. We are daring the listener <laughs> to endure this and offering thrills and chills if if they proceed there are definitely some halloween scares <laughs> in there that I, I i do think that are uh without yeah. getting oh. too spoilery i uh, can't wait to get into that but yes next week we will be telling quite the bizarre story so you won't want to miss out on that uh but josh what have you been listening to or bought lately so I think I mentioned uh, last pregame episode that I had joined the vinyl club, Vinyl Me Please, oh, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. and, and I, I recently just got the first uh, record for that that I, I signed up for, and I think Blake, you will probably have something to mention about that here in a second as well, Yep, because um, Blake is also does Vinyl Me Please and uh, got a, actually a different yeah. record than I did, so I got the... Uh, reissue they just did of John Prine's first album. And I actually own that John Prine album already. And I've actually found it before as well. And so I had two copies at one time. So this was the third copy I've I've procured of this album over the time. But uh, this one was really cool. It came on a orange cream colored vinyl. Um, and of course, they, they remix and well, I don't know if they remix, but they remaster for sure. Uh, everything. And then uh, it also had like an, a nice art print of John Prine uh, that was done by an artist that was frameable. And yeah, I, I liked, uh, it was a cool experience to to get my first vinyl we please. And I'm excited about next month and what's to come after that. Next month is uh, The Strokes Room on Fire, which hmm. um, I don't own. I only own the first Strokes album, but that's one that I, I know a few songs off of. It's the one with uh, Reptilia, which is yeah. a really good song. And uh, I'm just excited to see what that one comes with, all the little bells and whistles. Um, in addition to that, the only other thing I have gotten recently is the first album I've bought of 2021, which is the new Jeff Tweedy album, his second release I, I think it was actually digitally released in the fall and then the vinyl release was just this last week or so and so i got that on clear vinyl which is what it came as if you bought it at a store rather than ordered it through their website 
and uh, that's pretty good. Um, I, I'm enjoying it more than I enjoyed his first album for sure. Um, although, as people might listen here a little later when we do a special segment, uh, I might bring up some some issues I have yeah. with current Jeff Tweedy uh, output. So uh, I'll save Uh-oh. that for a little issues. later. But yeah, but but it, the, this new one is worth a listen, as they always are. And uh, there there are some some tracks on there I really. Really dig. Uh, Guess Again is great, and Natural Disaster is great. So that's what I've been listening to. Um, Matt, what you been I, listening to, Matt? Uh, I, I've been on a Minneapolis kick, uh, you know, kind of thinking about um, what uh, I might want to pick out for, for an upcoming series. Uh, you know, I've, I've had a lot of thoughts, and one of the, one of the potential choices that I've made is uh, – Looking at the at the replacements, so I, I had listened to Hootenanny and uh, Sorry Ma forgot to take out the garbage. Those first two uh, replacement records, um, just to kind of get a feel for uh, for that. And then also just today, I had uh, started up uh, New Day Rising by Husker Du. So another kind of you know uh, Minneapolis band uh, in, in that same time frame. So I, I guess uh, it's winter time, you know, uh, and I've, I'm I'm feeling feeling <laughs> like some some cold weather Midwestern rock. I thought you were going to say Ooh. Prince when you said Minneapolis ah. was the mood you were going for, which, I mean, he oper- operated in Minneapolis in the same time period, which is odd to think about that the replacements, Husker Du and Do Prince. Th- I they they're, all ran in the same circles? I, I think they well, did. Well, <laughs> the, the replacements, uh, I, I was listening to an artist, uh, or excuse me, a um, author interview uh, of Trouble Boys, uh, there was a biography that came out a couple of years ago. I, I don't remember the the fellow's name um, in front of me. I'll, uh, I'll get it uh, here in here in a second. But I guess they went to record uh, at Paisley Palace, and apparently it was going to be on a, on a brand new console. And on the very first day, uh, Paul Westerberg spilled some Jack Daniels across like sixteen oh channels of this of this you know perfectly uh restored uh, vintage console and and the oh no uh the, the tech was just was just heartbroken but uh but no, no not listening to prince though but i i i am a fan uh just f- feeling that uh that 80s alternative nice if the engineer is coked up enough that could get you murdered i don't care who you are <laughs> well especially if your boss is prince by the way i feel like that guy <laughs> I played in Minneapolis one time. I was looking up trying to find the place that we that we played, but I it was with short histories of powerful nations. Um mm. but it was like kind of like a restaurant slash music venue hmm. and uh I think we played with a band called Buildings. It was pretty cool. It was it was a fun town though. Like we went to a huge record store there and we stayed some with uh, some really nice folks and uh they showed us around. It it was a good time. Uh, we weren't there for very long, but I remember I remember sleeping in their basement on the floor. So it was cool. <laughs> uh, Bob Mayes was the author of of Trouble Boys. Uh, just pulled that up. In Possible there, yeah, future great. source, right? Quite. Um, Blake, what you been now? listening to? Well, um, first of all, I so I had pulled out a ye old enormous CD wallet to. Uh, go down memory lane a bit for this segment that we're going to do later. And I had rediscovered that this, uh, this local, um, I think they were local, weren't they? Uh, a record DIY label called Genac, generic equivalent, yeah. uh, put out a series of splits with local bands way back in the early mid two thousands. And some interesting ones. One of them is uh, that I have is Someone Still Loves You, Boris Yeltsin, split with uh, Gwen and Grace, I guess is what they were called. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And we know we know all those people. Um, another one was El Minotaur, which we talked about on the show, um, split with Emergency Surgery, which is uh, the, the quintessential noise experimental band. Um, I have they that. were, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I saw them live uh, several times. They're exactly what you think about when you see memes now. They're like, "Come to the noise show!" And <laughs> I saw them at the skate like, park, by the way. 
<laughs> like, wow, weird. <laughs> like, just like, imagine just grinding right. industrial noise while people are skateboarding. Yeah, time around. for speed. <laughs> speed skate. Put on the uh, put on the uh, the samples and and distort them real bad. Um, did did you get my message, Josh, about what was on the the El Minotaur? Is is three songs that were on their their LP. Yeah, and I, I haven't figured I out if they're the they're, same versions. I, they probably are. I can't imagine they did different versions of of those. Yeah. But I, yeah. I was just wondering because I'm pretty sure they only put out that one with Jason, at least that one uh, LP of of songs. And then, of course, yeah. then they went on and and had a fairly uh, well, I was gonna say illustrious, but uh, they 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 toured and did a bunch of stuff when they were just yeah. the instrumental outfit, right? Um, yeah, I actually didn't follow after that. I I didn't follow their career, so to speak, or I, I wasn't around. I wasn't even living here for part of that. But yeah. Anyway, um, not to spend too much time on that. I I also got a vinyl. Me, please. Uh, mine is very different from what Josh got. Um, one Killer Mike, the album R.A.P. Music, rap music. Um, from 2012, they did an awesome, uh, reissue of this two discs it's like this green and black splatter and clear and it's amazing looking and uh also it's just an amazing album that i hadn't listened to in years and uh that was my mistake because i'd forgotten it's like one of my favorite hip-hop albums ever ever um have you heard it yet josh or anyone i I haven't but it's it's like the de facto first run the jewels right because uh lp is the producer yeah lp did the beats LP did not rap on it, but this came out the year before LP's or the year before Run the Jewels put out their first record. But yeah, it's produced by LP. Um, it's uh, yeah, I highly recommend it. RAP Music by Killer Mike stands for Rebellious African People. In case you were wondering, hmm. um, technically my my wife ordered that. I should give her give her credit. As far as things I've I've streamed a few things lately. Uh, after we finished at the drive-in, I it made me want to dive into the discography of the Mars Volta. Oh bless, which, oh bless. Yeah, oh bless me, uh, because I'd never actually gotten past I think their third album, and so <laughs> um, I'm I'm only two albums in at this point, and I'm excited for more. Um, but I forgot how great Francis the Mute is. I think I've talked about how much I like Deloused, their first one, but. Their second one, uh, amazing, Francis the Mute. I, I had forgotten that like the entire last half of the album is just like one extremely long medley of songs, or almost like one enormous like forty-five minute long song or something. The album's like three hours long or something. No, uh, <laughs> <it's> not. <laughs> there is there is talk about how people wish it was a double album because, uh, and today I listened to the the titular track Francis the Mute, Ooh. which I guess didn't. <laughs> did not make the cut of the actual album because uh, <laughs> yeah. it's it's 14 minutes in its own right and they're they, they don't shy away from doing a 14 minute song but they had no room on a, on a compact disc for more 14 minute songs so somehow that got lost but it's it's pretty interesting and I like how it ends with that that cool little guitar part that that opens the album that yes we know. just I, I, just so you know i am open to anybody who wants to just like talk about that stuff behind the scenes <laughs> uh, i am starved yeah. for mars volta talk with anybody so because uh, yeah. i don't have anyone well, to talk to about it so <laughs> as as i as i go through the discography and get to stuff that i'm not familiar with i will talk to you more about it awesome uh, I can't wait. I, I'm I'm hoping I like the rest as much as as the first two. I, I was gonna uh, say I I have to mention I appreciate their dedication to a a good album cover. I'm trying to think yeah. of other bands that are like because they always uh, well they didn't always but Hypnosis did some of their album covers right the people that had done the uh, Pink Floyd stuff yes Storm Thorgensen I uh, just yeah. Like, Maybe their first two, or he did. I, don't know. I think he did the D. Loust and the Francis the Mute. Yes, and, yeah. And after that, they started doing like paintings. They looked a little different, which were still cool though. Like, yeah, I, they always had yeah. an a, an arresting album cover. Like that, if you saw right. it, you're like, "Ooh, I'm gonna look at this for a little while." Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Everything about it is is high concept and extremely prog and and really cool. And uh, if you like. Uh, 10 minute free jazz breaks uh then this is this is for you jazz odysseys jazz, jazz odysseys <laughs> now francis the mute takes jazz odysseys to another like if you thought you heard jazz odyssey on the first one nah 
Way more saxophone and trumpet on oh, the second. Yeah, I can't wait. To, I, I, yeah, I can, I can only wait. imagine where it goes from here. Before we move on from, <laughs> from Mars Volta, uh, Logan, I, I do have a question for you. If, if you were, if someone wanted to dive into the Mars Volta and never really listen to them, uh, me being the, the lay person, um, would probably say, oh, the widow is a good taste of like, you know, it's right. brief. It's a brief, uh, accessible taste of the mm. Mars Volta. But I've also not listened to a lot of their catalog. That's do you the think one that the I'm wi- most familiar with. Do, do, do you think the widow would be the route to go? Or do you, well, Blake, you can jump in too. You've listened to I, more than I have. I just, I was thinking about that actually, Josh, that if I were to recommend an album, say for you, I would say maybe check out Octahedron. For some reason, a lot of fans rank that as being a low point. Um, I think only because it's just different from what they'd heard before. Um, but Mars Volta is known for every album kind of doing something a little bit different. So I think it's it would be. I think you would appreciate that one maybe going into first before you get into. Okay. Uh, advanced courses in marsville <laughs> like if they were like a class series of classes that you take you, you got to be admitted um, um, this is a greek program yeah <laughs> like i'd also recommend checking out simultaneously uh where they started uh the tremulant ep because uh, mm-hmm. it's only three songs where okay. we heard that before <laughs> yeah um, i forgot about that one i need to listen to but that. that's a good starting point but um yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think you might appreciate Octahedron. It's a little more stripped down and straightforward and not so out like crazy out there. It kind of like eases you into maybe that a little bit more. Okay. If you're not wanting to be like bombarded right off the bat, like I would say like advanced courses are like Amputecture. Like that's probably my favorite Mars Volta album, mm-hmm. um, but it, it's not an easy It's an acquired listen. taste. It's an acquired taste uh, for sure, but it's it's crazy good. <laughs> But we could, t- I seriously, I could talk for years <laughs> and years about any of this stuff. Uh, so I don't want to hold up things. But yeah, check out Octahedron maybe if you want to just kind of get your toes wet. Or even, uh, I don't know, Nocturnicate. That's a controversial one, but it's also one I go back to a lot. It's the last one they put out. I find it. That's a great album title. Yeah. And it, there's, yeah. It, it's a cool concept based on Greek mythology. And I think it gets, it doesn't get enough credit. Uh, for sure. But uh, I'll tell you what I've been listening to lately. Uh, I've been checking out The Lost Sounds, self-titled album from 2004. They're a Memphis, Tennessee band with uh, Jay Retard and Alicia Trout. I don't know if you've ever heard of Jay. Like in, he was in... Oh, I've I've definitely listened to him. Yeah. Uh, I've been been into that a lot lately it's great punk kind of with some keyboards it, it rock, is very high energy stuff. also uh he, i yeah. think i sent oh what were you gonna say i was gonna say he's he's kind of like a bizarro version of andrew wk like a more authentic punk version of andrew wk almost i can see that i'm down with what, very bombastic yeah he's got he's prolific too and it's it's yeah. sad that he's he's no longer around anymore yeah. but i think he that was very sad he wrote a lot of really great music I was listening to an interview uh, with him the other day that where he was talking about he would write usually at least a song a day. He's like, so at the end of the <laughs> year, he's like, I would have like tons of songs that I could put on albums and he would just develop them. I thought that was cool. But uh, also I sent this, I think I sent this to you guys, uh, Lana Del Rey's new song, Chemtrails Over the Country Club. Uh, yeah, I, I've I been watched that. watching that video a lot at first. uh I was like, "Oh, this is this is nice, and this is this is some nice imagery here, and I see where this is going." And and I don't want to spoil anything, but it was just a wild video. Um, I I highly recommend that. I don't know if that's everyone's cup of tea, but uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, I was very bored uh, for the first yes portion first portion of the video. I'll right. say that I was bored. That's all I'll say. Uh, I'll yeah. point out, by the way, you correctly called out. I, I have not finished the video. <laughs> Like I knew it, Josh, to me, Josh. And I started watching it, Josh. and I got like halfway through it. I turned it off, and yeah, then I texted back to you guys about that. how like I thought it was a weird time to release it, and you were like, "But then at the end, it go." And I was like, "Yeah, oh, yeah. I just didn't respond because I'm like, I didn't watch the whole video, so I'm oh, not in a place to turn. respond yet. <laughs> I'll go watch the whole video after this, and yeah. So, 
Josh, you might have something to say about this, hopefully, maybe. Uh, I've also been listening to a, a new song from Weezer mm. called All, All My Favorite Songs, which is mm. going to be on their new album, OK Human. W- which, which album? Because <laughs> 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 they have two coming up. All there's o- okay, OK Human, Human and then there's Van Weezer still. Well, I don't think it's on Van Weezer. I, I'm guessing that this is off of OK Human. Um, so I was wondering more about like those Radiohead references we'd talked about in the mm-hmm. past. Um, I may not have given it enough time to sink in, but I'm I'm calling it right now as Weezer's Bittersweet Symphony. I like it. I like it though. It's much better is there than a, a Rolling Stones sample. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. They're getting sued. <laughs> it's much better than anything I've heard since White Album. So it's not top tier, but it, it's pretty Weezer. It's worth maybe you checking out because I know there's, okay. there's some interest. I, yeah, we'll we'll probably talk about Weezer here soon. So right, uh, and then <laughs> the only other thing I was. Li- <laughs> I was listening to is I put on some Miles Davis uh, Bitches Brew from 1970 Ooh, today. That's an excellent uh, choice. Listened to side A of that and got into that for a while. So so that was fun. That's a uh, jazz could be odyssey. A distant yeah. ancestor of Mars Volta, right? Like I can see the the line there a little bit. Oh, from, if from you want to get album. into like Mahavishnu Orchestra, I listened to a lot of that, which is very much so as well. But yeah. And I, I even listened, I pulled up some of that Isaac Hayes that you talked about. Hot Josh. Buttered Soul? Yep. <laughs> I listened to some of that. What did which, you think of that? It it wasn't bad. I liked it. And I <laughs> love, but it's so hard not to like, if you'd never really listened to Isaac Hayes before, to just not like hear Chef. That's right. Chef sings. And, and, and I love it. Um, well, but the I just, backup you know, band is the, I think it's the Bar K's. Um, who are the backup band on that album? And they're you should look at the Barkays just generally. I think they did a lot of like kind of funk instrumental stuff, but like kind yeah. of pro- prog funk where it was like really long, um, long form. Yeah, especially if the Isaac Hayes part is kind of the distracting stuff. I well, wonder. but I like it's a it's a good good distracting. I enjoy it. I'm like, oh yeah, I like Isaac Hayes. I like that voice. I like Chef's voice. Like I for sure. <laughs> so it's nice. I'm. T- I'm totally down. It's definitely, it's not a bummer, but no. uh, we do have some thoughts on some bummer albums, I bet. And I think that could lead us right into our next segment for this week's Bummer Buys. We were all excited on the way in, but after a spin into the trash bin, oh, here are tries. The more of that guy's top five. We've all had those times that we've had high expectations for an album, but for one reason or another, it failed to live up to the hype. With no intention of shaming the artist behind the music, and maybe more of a commentary on keeping expectations low, more of that discusses our top five bummer buys. All right, so I'll I'll start with the one I've already kind of teased, which is Weezer. And I feel like this whole segment could just be dominated by Weezer albums. And by the way, we haven't (laughs) discussed our top five, so I'm actually kind of interested to see if anyone else's, particularly Logan's, contains any Weezer as well. Hmm. Um, I had a hard time, by the way, singling out a Weezer album, because I feel like it's been diminishing returns. Um... Obviously, no. you know, Blue Album, Pinkerton are are both considered classics. And I think the Green Album, which I bought uh, when, not when it came out, but I had bought the Green Album, you know, when it was still a current, um, you know, album that they were promoting. Uh, I, I It has its defenders and I like the Green Album fine. I don't think it's as good as the previous two, but I definitely don't think it's a bummer necessarily. But then from there, I kind of wonder, uh, Maladroit, I, I was one of those people that followed the making of it online when they would post oh, stuff. Yeah. And then when it came out and I got it and, you know, was it as good as the others? No, but I still liked it pretty well, but maybe a little bit less. And I feel like that trend just sort of continues with Weezer albums to a degree. There are the bright spot exceptions like the White Album or Everything Will Be Alright in the End, which are both probably the the best two they've put out since the Green Album or Maladroit. But I, I think if I had to pick one, it would probably be Ratitude. 
Now, I'm cheating a little bit because I, I did not buy Ratitude when it came out. Um, by that point, I was thoroughly burned. I think the last one I bought was Make Believe, I believe was like the last Weezer album that I really went and bought. Like, okay, this is a new Weezer album. I'm going to give it a listen. And that one definitely has its disappointing moments. But I think overall... There's parts of it that I'm okay with. Beverly Hills, for sure. I remember the first time I heard Beverly Hills, I was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> like, I was <laughs> just totally astonished. I was like, is is this just their attempt to write the dumbest joke? song ever? <laughs> like, what is happening? Yes. But there are other parts of Make Believe that aren't bad. Ratitude, though, I feel like is the one without any redeeming qualities whatsoever. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't think of anything. It's got Can't Stop Partying with Lil Wayne on it um the cover is stupid as hell with the dog jumping um hey don't don't shame the dog the dog he's doing his best i know but it's uh, i don't know fuck that so gratitude now i've spent enough time talking about that i'm gonna go to my other ones real quickly um i put john lennon rock and roll on here uh this is an example of an artist where i own everything else they've done so i feel obligated to own albums that are probably considered not their greatest works. And uh, this one for me is probably his worst album. Rock and Roll is the album he did of all covers in the 70s, like old 50s and 60s uh, early rock and roll songs. It was actually a legal obligation. He had been sued by the estate of Chuck Berry, um, or actually he'd been sued, I think, by uh, by the publisher of some of Chuck Berry's songs for ripping off uh, Chuck Berry on Come Together, um, specifically the whole Here Come Old Flat Top part. And as part of the legal settlement, he had to record some covers of that publisher's songs. And so this album resulted, and I don't know, maybe if I was someone that grew up in that era, I would appreciate it more, but hearing John Lennon sing like you know, Bebopalula or whatever is <laughs> just not my idea. Of a, yes. That's the cover of stand. My me's on there. And I mean, they're, they're fine passable covers, but none of them rise to the, the point of you being like, this is better than the original. I'm going <laughs> to, you know, throw this thing on. It's just like, I don't know. It's not good. Um, so that one. And then, um, I put the next three are all ones that were like, I had followed this artist to this point and bought this new release and was excited for it and kind of let down. Um, first off, Arcade Fire, Everything Now, which mm. may not be the choice some people make for Arcade Fire, but I actually enjoyed Reflector. I was one of those people that liked Reflector, oh. which is the one I think most people would say they jump ship at. But I, I mean... From, you know, Funeral all the way to Reflector, I really liked all of the albums they put out in that run, uh, the four albums they put out there. Then Everything Now came out, and it is just, there. there's there's one good song on there, which is Creature Comfort. Other than that, uh, just not a good album at all. Um, Josh, yeah. my, uh, my wife Jessica actually used that album as an example when we were talking about Bummer <laughs> Buys. I think um, it's, For yeah, her. Yeah. She was disappointed by it in the same way. I was not uh, uh, disappointed by it, although it it's not one of the greats, but it's not a bummer. Yeah, it's just not memorable. Me. I don't know. Have you, have you gone e- back to have you gone back to it recently? I haven't. Josh? It's a fairly recent album. I think it's maybe 2017. It's recent enough that I haven't gone back to it. One that I have that I, I will say my opinion has changed is my fourth one, which is a Wilco album. Um Wilco's album Star Wars. So uh, Wilco they called I, I, an album Star Wars. Yes, they did. <laughs> yeah, the audacity of that bullshit. Now, well, hold on. So I don't necessarily have a problem with the title of it, although I do remember when I heard that as well. Again, thinking like, what is happening? Is this a joke? <laughs> that, that's a um, Rivers Cuomo move right there. It really is. Yeah, it really is. Uh, yeah. But the thing is, is Wilco. You know, I got into them around Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, which is widely considered their best album. I I think that's pretty um, inarguable. Uh, I I bought A Ghost Is Born, the one after that when it came out. That one grew on me enough that I really like that one to this day. And then I kind of was, you know, okay with the next few releases. But then they put out this album called The Whole Love 
that I really liked. And so I was super pumped to see what they did after it. And then they put out Star Wars a few years later. And Star Wars is indicative to me of this whole era of Jeff Tweedy songwriting. He's the lead singer of Wilco, which is, uh, it feels like he writes a song, comes in, sits down, plays it on acoustic guitar and sings over it. And then just has everybody kind of overdub stuff. Uh Maybe that's not the way it's working, but it just feels so uncollaborative now, like all the albums. And I could talk at this for a long time, so I'll, I'll make it brief, but it just, it feels like it's sort of just, Hey, here's a song. Okay, make your overdubs albums out because he's put out like an album every year for the past four years, and it's it started with Star Wars and has only gotten more and more like that. Okay. That being said, I've gone back and revisited it, and it is not as bad as I probably initially thought. And I, I like a few songs on there. The last one, and then I'll pass it off here, is a newer band. And it's an example of getting into a band that's brand new and being like, oh, this this is this band's really exciting. I can't wait to see what they do next. And it just not working out. So um I had found this band called Super Whatever, probably about, I don't know, three or four years ago. And every song I heard by them, they had put out an EP, and then uh, after that they put out an album. Every song that I heard off the the EP and the album I really liked. Um, They were sort of that new wave of emo bands that came around like Joyce Manor or The Front Bottoms and, you know, just um, a straight ahead kind of guitar driven rock band um, in, in the vein of like influenced by your, you know, Jimmy worlds and your saves the days and whatnot. So I was like, Oh, this is really, I'm, I'm into this. Um, I can't wait to see what they do next. I'd actually went and saw them play at the, um, I don't know what it's ca- was called at this point next to the outland, whatever that bar is, was called. It was the high life for a long high time, life? Yeah, but I think it was called something different at this point. Front porch, maybe front, front, front of, of the house. house, front of house. So I saw them play there and it was an awesome show. I mean, there weren't a ton of people there, but, uh, Beth and I went, we were excited. We bought the album there, talked to the, the lead singer and maybe I should have known something was wrong at that point. Cause I remember the lead singer saying, yeah, my whole band just quit. <laughs> Like he told oh, us no. that the whole band had left the tour and quit like a couple weeks uh, before. And I was like, okay, that's a weird thing to have happen. So Lord. that gets us to last year when they started putting out new music and they have clearly went the route of like 21 pilots. Like everything is very like drum machine and not that 21 pilots is bad at all. Like I have no problem with them, but they've, they've, it seems like every song that super whatever puts out now is trying to be a pop mainstream pop hit. And there's even like rap verses. And it's just, (laughs) if I could play you what they sounded like before and then what this is, I think you would probably agree. Like that's a big drop off in quality. Um, but those, those are my bummer buys. I'm sorry if it took too long, but those are my yeah. five times I've bought something or listened to something and was just disappointed by what came out. We need a bummer sound effect drop. I had some trouble with this, uh, you know, and, and I think it's just because I, I probably don't buy as many records as uh, as everybody else uh, does. I, you know, I, I stream a lot of music and, and I guess if I get disappointed, I, I just move on to something else. But I, I do have uh, some some older uh, bummers and and some more recent ones. Uh, the first one, um, I'm taking us back to uh, it would probably be 1998, 1999. Uh, the, the, the Clinton impeachment was was all the rage. Um, and young Matthew Taylor uh, was uh, enthralled by uh, the Goo Goo Dolls Iris, uh, which I'm sure everyone remembers. Oh, yeah. And I uh, thought that I wanted that uh, that record, uh, Dizzy Up the Girl. And um, I got it for, I, I don't remember if it was for Christmas or for my birthday, but uh, when I got it, there wasn't just, there was a... Uh, a mistake in manufacturing and there wasn't a CD in the case. 
So that was kind of a bad sign. <laughs> I, I ended up having to take it back to the uh, to the store oh and, and exchange it. And then once I got it, I I think I they're like we're to doing it. you a favor, kid. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I think we had to go back to. We might have had to go back to the mall. This was when I lived in uh, in a little town about an hour outside St. Louis. I think we had to go back to the mall like two or two weeks later to exchange it. But oh, um, no. <laughs> what a nightmare <laughs> for for dizzy for dizzy up. The girl. <laughs> yeah. And, well, and uh, it's a shame because once I did get the copy, I, I think I listened to it once and just put it down and had it kicking around my CD collection for a while. And I'm sure I sold it several year, years ago. It just did not uh, really make an, make an impact. I of course remember oh, Iris who doesn't remember Iris. Um, yeah. Uh, Black balloon was, was another single from that. And I actually kind of liked black balloon. Uh, and then of course slide. I, I um, my favorite oh, version of ooh. slide though, was uh, a cover by new Madrid, I saw them do a uh, slide uh, at a house show one oh, time. Uh, New New Madrid uh, is, an, is a local band that, that's uh, with some friends of ours. Uh, speaking uh, of cowpunk. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think my favorite song on that album is probably Long Way Down. Like, that song rocks. I, like, I need to go back. I I really like um, the stuff on uh, Boy Named Goo. I think Name is great. Oh, and... that's what I'm thinking of. Uh, I didn't okay. have Dizzy Up the Girl. Okay, I had a Boy Named Goo. And that's okay. that's what uh, that's what that's on. Never mind. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> well, and and there's a uh, there's a song on the one on the album before a Boy Named Goo that's uh, actually co-written by Paul Westerberg of the Replacements, and I and I always kind of huh. felt like. At their best, uh, Goo Goo Dolls were, were kind of doing a, a replacements uh, f- type of thing, or at least one of the things that that the replacements uh, does. And and in talking about it, I think I'm going to have to go back and, and give this another listen, or at least go back to Boy Named Goo. I haven't listened to that in a while as well. Uh, but um, yeah, that's that's the only one I had. Now <laughs> that I'm thinking about it, that's the only one. Uh, yeah. yeah. Another uh, bummer by. Um, I don't remember what pop culture situation brought this to my attention josh probably remembers but uh the of montreal song i don't know if it's let's pretend we don't exist or, uh, or antarctica the, let's go out wraith back pin me to the mast is something like that wraith pin to Mist. the mast Mist? Okay. Wraith pin to the dude Mist. they have weird fucking album types talk about yeah, at the drive-in <laughs> they're nuts yeah well um anyway I remembered enjoying that song, and I and I'm sure it was in a movie or uh, in a commercial or or maybe the Outback just... commercials. Do you remember <laughs> Outback Steakhouse? Let's do Outback tonight? No, I absolutely. I guess I maybe that was later. Completely deranged Outback Steakhouses <laughs> of Montreal, <laughs> but but changed the lyrics to be "Let's go out back tonight." Oh man! <laughs> 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 like <laughs> what? Well. I went out, I heard that song, and I went out to CD Warehouse, and I think you were with me on this trip, Josh, because I think you tried to talk me out of this. Uh, I, I bought um, Anne of Montreal record. I'm look, I've am look. i been looking through the Discogs, because I don't even remember which record it was. I, I think it was Satanic Twins, just looking looking through the covers, because I remember the, the cover was... Um, you know, sun, uh, kind of sun a wild, landing, crazy. Sun landing. They, they had one called Satanic Panic in the yeah, Attic. Sun, and yes, it was Sun, sun landing Twins, Twins is the one with the song you're thinking of. Well, in, in any case, um, put it on. Like it. Wasn't really for me. <laughs> so. By the way, I, I will say that album is is not bad. However, it is not a Matt album <laughs> whatsoever. No, 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 no. <laughs> I cannot no. see you listening to like <laughs> early two thousands indie pop, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that so ended up selling uh, selling that one uh, also. Josh, you you mentioned Wilco. Uh, I didn't buy this record, but I, I kind of had um, a similar experience. It sounds like with uh, a ghost is born. I'm sure. I think it came out in 2004. We might have even been living together uh, when that came out or, or soon thereafter because I definitely remember uh, listening with you and and us both kind of being not really knowing what to think coming off of uh, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. And, you know, it was kind of a bummer at the time. 
And it was only after, for me at least, hearing the live versions on Mm -hmm. the Kicking Television album that uh, really kind of made me get what they were doing on those Ghost is Born songs. And it kind of turned a bummer by into a... uh, uh, into... One of my favorite uh, Wilco albums. Um, I have not heard as much of the newest output as uh, as you have, but it it definitely turned turned around a song like "Muzzle of Bees" for me that uh, you know wasn't feeling um, first listening through the album, but then you know you kind of hear it through the lens of a live arrangement. And there's more there's more players uh, that Kicking Television album. I uh, I think was a five or six piece, whereas. Uh, Ghost is born. They they only had the four members at the time, but I I, I was glad that my bummer you know they, my my frown got turned upside down on on that <laughs> record. I actually do. I mean, I don't want to derail us entirely. I actually thought of a story about that album, listening to it with you, which was um, when we had to go get your stuff out of that apartment because <laughs> you were you had lived with a a girlfriend. Do you remember this, Matt? And, uh, uh, yes, we, I, I do. And, and, and you had just left, <laughs> and we had to go get your shit. And so I remember we sat in the Dylan's parking lot listening to A Ghost is Born waiting for her car to go by so we could go get all your stuff. Oh, no. Anyway, you can cut that. But yeah. that's <laughs> my that's my that's in. my Ghost is Born memory. Um, it's, a, it's up to Matt uh, whether to leave it in. The, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, I think it's funny unless Matt doesn't want it. No, it, it's, it's definitely that kind of an album mood in in certain oh parts. yeah yeah for sure for sure that is a it is a sitting in a car waiting for your ex-girlfriend <laughs> to go by so you could go get your stuff kind of album for sure oh the past thank god it's still in the past Cu- couple more here um this one isn't so much as a bummer by as just kind of something that i was surprised by when i was when i was a teenager we've we've done the whole Nirvana series and you know I, I've spoken at great length of my uh, you know love for them uh, and in getting into them and and reading those those um, those Nirvana biographies in high school uh, I had heard of Big Muff or Big Muff I had heard of Mud Honey which is another uh, another Seattle sub pop band and um Went out and got Super Fuzz Big Muff, which I, I think is probably their their biggest record, their most well known record. And I put it on, and while I like it, I guess I'm just was just a little bit surprised that I didn't like it more. Um, sweet little thing ain't sweet no more. It is is good and um, touch me I'm sick. Uh, almost made the Halloween mix for last year. Uh, thought it might have been a, a little too on the nose, but. Uh, <laughs> That's another yeah. another good one, but you know it just really did it. I didn't sell it in disgust, but it uh, it didn't hit that place in my rotation that I I guess I kind of thought it would uh, going in. So um, it's still worth checking out, and and it's still definitely you know a very you know if you want to if you want to get a feel for Seattle grunge without listening to Nirvana, you know go check out uh, Mud Honey Supervised Big Muff, but uh, but it, it just did didn't hit it for, hit for me. We we did uh, did put out on the uh, Twitter feed uh, for some some of our uh, best or best buys our bummer buys from uh, some of our other listeners and got one back uh, that they they like transatlanticism but had bummers <laughs> for every other uh, Death Cab for Cutie album and that's not fair yeah that's. Uh, and also, um, every Fallout Boy album that's not Infinity on High. That's William Bruce West on Twitter. Uh, hmm. Shout out with his uh, with his bummers. I think he's a fan of Shelf Life. Um, this this was hard to put together. I haven't. Well, I had to go back to the distant past for most of these. Um, I probably have. Bu- <laughs> yeah. Get in the Wayback Machine. I probably haven't bought a CD since like 2013. And even in those days, I was buying like one CD a year. Other than that, it's uh, streaming. So they're not really buys. And vinyl, I typically don't buy unless I already know I like it. <laughs> um, That's fair. Yeah. So I I went back to the past and I 
hence the uh, digging out the giant CD wallet and uh, found some some fun, interesting things on my trip down memory lane. Memory lane. Um, so my my weird misfit five here. Um, first one I come came up with is Depeche Mode. Ooh. Um, People Are People, which uh, I found out shortly after is not really an album, but a compilation. Uh-huh. So I, I I think I heard some Depeche Mode, but really the only album I was really familiar with at this point was Violator, which fucking slaps. Um, it, I have always loved Violator, and I got this, and I was like, uh, I think I'd seen like a People Are People, the song music video late one night, and was like, that's all right. Um, didn't. It it wasn't anything like Violator, and I I wasn't that into the rest of the songs in this compilation. Um, although I would, it's been a long time. I, I'd like to revisit those songs and the albums they came from. Um, Was it just a best one, of, like an early best of? It's it's kind of like an Americanized. You know how they'll oh like, yeah, like how they did with like the Cure, Boys Don't Cry, yeah, exactly from it's Three Imaginary Boys, like that. yeah, yep. It's so that you. kind of thing where they just they compiled things that they thought would be more easy for an American audience to digest. So like singles and shit. That's insulting. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is insulting. Uh, speaking of the Cure, so I I'm gonna be kind of edgy with some of these, and uh, some of these may go against the grain of of what the group thinks here. Though uh, I I included. A CD I actually went and bought without hearing any of it because I was just getting into The Cure. Uh-oh. Um, oh, no. Pornography. Oh, shit. So hear me out. Hear me out. Um, I was familiar with um, The Cure's more poppy, more accessible stuff. And I'd also heard Disintegration, which I know is maybe not poppy or accessible, but I, I would argue that it's more so than Pornography. And so when I put that on, I was like, wait a minute, this is this is dour, uh, six or seven minutes of, of, of kind of the same thing per song. And uh, uh, I'm not sure there are any pop hooks to be found here. Uh, so I didn't uh, I didn't really spin it after a few times, um, although just recently uh, Logan kind of made me rethink this album when he put that like that a song mafia on. boss. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Logan threatened to break in, my kneecaps. And listen. He put what, me in a headlock. What song? You put that song on the Halloween mix. I think it's one hundred years. Uh, Matt did. That was the, yeah, that was me. Oh, Matt, that was Matt. Okay, I just assumed it was Logan because the Cure. Um, okay, so thank you, Matt, because even though that's like six minutes of, of basically the same riff, it sets a really cool mood, and I'd like to go back and listen to that album, even though it initially was not for me. Um, and their popular stuff was, I've got, um, so some things can become a, a bummer later, I guess. And, uh, this is actually a vinyl I bought. So I bought the urban outfitters exclusive clear vinyl of, uh, brand news, I guess, brand news, final record science fiction. And, um, only a few short weeks after I bought it, uh, we all found out that brand news, Jesse Lacey was a, a sex criminal and it became hard to, to like any of that. And just really just, just the existence of that album in my collection became a bummer in itself. So that, that was really a mood killer. Um, the other one, a more traditional bummer by this one is funny. So I was just getting into LCD sound system. They were kind of a new ish thing. Uh, remember LCD Sound System? I almost I put an remember. LCD, LCD sound, sound System, system. album on uh, on oh. my bummer buys, but I I wonder okay. if it's the same one, so we'll find out. I I, I wonder too, because right now so, you're coming with the fucking hot takes, so we'll find yeah, out. Yeah, <laughs> I've got I've got some hot takes. Um, I think I was looking for their LP called Sounds of Silver, and uh, I believe it, I was in CD Warehouse, and I knew I liked their first album. And I found this thing called 4533. That's number 45, colon, number 33. Um, And I noticed it had had North American scum, which I I knew of. And now you might know it as an extremely overused uh, song. It's like in every show and movie. Uh, It must be cheap or something. But I, I remember thinking the album it came from 
was was pretty decent and liking that song. But it turns out that was just it was just a remix of North American Scum, and the album itself uh, was some sort of fitness thing commissioned by the Nike Corporation, <laughs> for which LCD sound system for which that guy made a forty five odd minute composition to like jog or exercise to. Weird. So as a as a person who doesn't really exercise, I put that in the old CD player and uh, it wasn't didn't really get into it. Very hard to as much as I love long uh, uh, indulgent compositions, that one was a bit much for me, and, and maybe I'd have to be be on the runner's high to get it. But that was a, a mistake. Some of these are mistaken buys. Honestly, if you mistakenly buy the wrong thing, it's probably, <laughs> probably going to be a bummer. That that was not the thing. I was going to say their reunion album they did a few years ago. That one was. Not I didn't even hear great. that. Yeah. Oh, you're better off. Yeah, I forgot that they had reunited or he reunited with himself or whatever it was. <laughs> um, finally, perusing my my CD wallet, I noticed. So I've I've been a, a big Cars fan. I think I've mentioned that for a long time. Um, love most of their albums, but I noticed that I. Actually owned two, not one, but two Rick Ocasek solo albums. <laughs> nice, and I think um, I have one too. I don't, I don't know I, what it is though. I don't remember a single note of either of those those albums, so there was no way I could have liked them. <laughs> but I bought them just based on how much I like the Cars, um, and maybe I didn't give them a chance. But uh, they obviously weren't for me. Uh, not even sure why they're they they somehow survived in my collection, but. I don't recall listening to it much. Um, I'm going to give a, a great disappointment. I'm going to call this a great disappointment. It's not really part of the list. but um, And I didn't buy it. I streamed it. It's more recent. Uh, the Arctic Monkeys are one of my favorite bands, and I've always felt that each LP got a little better than the last, and I, I loved following their career because it just I think they kept improving and growing. Their most recent album, however, uh, called Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino, no matter how much I tried to listen to it, I couldn't get into it. It's a, a almost completely different sound. It's, writ, it's all written on piano rather than guitar-based music. It, it's strange lounge music type stuff. I, I think it's a pretty standard take that that they went in the wrong direction here. But it what a bummer that was. See one of your favorite rock bands uh, just like beef it on there. <laughs> They're hopefully not... Hopefully not their last uh, record. They they had I guess that was 2018. So you know they've still got time to pull it out. I hope they do. I found that uh, Rick Ocasek album that I had. It's a uh, Fireball Zone from 19. 19- that was not one of the ones. 1991. I bought it that after seeing him live on Viva Variety. Oh my god! Which was I believe on a Comedy Channel, but it was with uh, yeah. What's his name? Tom, Thomas Lennon. And uh, yeah. yeah, it was like an early, I don't know. Yeah, those guys. Those guys. What's the uh, Reno 911? The, uh, the state. Yeah, the state, state people. Yeah. Yeah. And also, Blake, I don't know if I how much I should like comment on your cure pick. <laughs> I, I, I'm, t- I'm saying um, I didn't like it at the time. I would like to go back and give it another listen. Sure. Uh, you know what my favorite cure album is? pornography right? <laughs> yeah i think you see i think you've said that so i knew this oh i didn't know fight, fight, oh it's fight, not upsetting fight, to me fight fight, fight. no it's but, i love hearing that kind of stuff because uh, yeah you're right if you come into the cure and you've yeah. only heard their their poppy stuff that's gonna be a big you know like oh this is not yeah. what i thought and it is i mean that that's why they can kind of be polarizing in a way there's a lot of good Cure albums, and they all hit you differently. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but interesting. So, okay. Well, I will tell you my five. Uh, so, do you guys remember a band called Hot Hot Heat? Mm-hmm. Yes. I remember Hot Hot Heat. Yeah. yeah. I remember having, is it Make Up the Breakdown or something like that? Um, and that was a really great album. And so I was really excited for their follow-up, 2005's Elevator. And I remember just buying it and instantly listening to it and just being like, this is terrible. <laughs> and I <laughs> I didn't yeah. really give it a fair listen. And usually that that's kind of unlike me. I would usually 
give things several listens or give it some time to sink in, but I think I just wrote that one off completely right off the bat. I think that was what I was just like, this is not what I wanted at all. So I went back and I listened to it today, actually, and because I still had it. Once you're in the Logan Williams collection, you're you're there. You're there for life. You can check I'm out, sure. and you may never leave. <laughs> you may never leave unless you've been broken or destroyed or <laughs> lost to what, some. What, one album enters, no albums leave. <laughs> right. Uh, and it wasn't as bad as I remembered it. I I was like I could I I gave it a couple listens just in the background as I was cleaning up you know some stuff so it, it wasn't too bad. Uh, but another one was so. Let me set, set the stage. Is the when I got into Radiohead, it's after I saw the Paranoid Android music video when they released yeah. OK Computer, and then on MTV they they had like some kind of live Radiohead show where they were playing songs from mainly OK Computer and the Bends, and once I saw that it was it was over like and i had read in so many magazines like that winter that every it was like your artist's favorite you know music of the year and and deftones were in there and everyone all the guitarists that i look up to were talking about radiohead's okay computer so i went out and bought it and so that's when i got into radiohead and then i went back and listened to the bends and was automatically blown away so i was anticipating and ready for the release of uh kid a uh, but it was when I had asked for Christmas when you're, uh, Pablo honey, I asked for Radiohead and I was like <laughs> really like getting into like peak Radiohead fandom at this point. Like really, you know, I was, I was pretty young still, but I was getting into it. And I, I remember listening to Pablo honey and just being like, Whoa, <laughs> this isn't <laughs> good at all. And I didn't like it. And for a long time, I just kind of wrote Pablo Honey off, and that seemed to be a not a totally weird opinion from what I've heard. But it wasn't until I saw a live DVD of Radiohead live at the Astoria. Yeah. And what was that, like, I don't know, 93 or 91 or I don't know I think what it's, it was. it's after the Bins, right? It's like the Bins tour or something like that. Yeah, and they were still playing a lot of songs from Pablo Honey. And it wasn't until I heard some of these live renditions until it clicked. And I was like, oh, no, this is these are actually really good. And, like, I, I really kind of came around to Pablo Honey over the years. So I, I appreciate it much more now. It's still not my favorite Radiohead, but uh, it's definitely yeah. got some cool things going on. Looks like recorded um, May 1994. 94? Okay. Mm. So this one's kind of a controversial one for me. Some of these albums I had to go back and think about. That Sometimes I would be so like, you know how, well, I don't know if you know, but sometimes I would double down on bands that I liked because a lot of people or friends would expect like, oh, Logan's going to like this, or Logan's going to blah, 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 blah. And so I felt like having kind of a certain loyalty to some bands. Um, but if I'm honest with myself, one time I was really disappointed was with Smashing Pumpkins, uh, Machina, and the Machines of mm. God, which I, I will say right off the bat that I loved the first four songs on that album. It blew me away at the time. I liked him right off the bat. But the problem for me was that I'd had a friend that burned me off a bootleg copy of the Arising Tour, which was right when they got Jimmy Chamberlain back. And so they wrote all these new songs and took them out on the road to kind of test them out. And these would be the songs that end up, you know, for Machina. But there are all these great songs and uh, that I got to hear live before this album came out, and I got really attached to the songs. I heard, you know, songs like Dross, uh, Everlasting Gaze, Blue Skies Bring Tears. Um, Josh, I'm going blank on the the other single from Machine. Stand Inside Your Love. Yeah, Stand Inside Your Love. Try hearing try, all try. those songs, hearing all these songs in early form, Speed Kills. So I was very much anticipating that album but when they released it like half the songs that i was really looking forward to weren't there there was no dross <laughs> there was no like all like the some of the song titles had changed and some of the songs that i'd kind of really grown to love weren't there and they wouldn't be released until you know later for machina 2 
which thankfully they did. But at the time, I just remember kind of being disappointed. But I was like, no, this, you know, it's it's a good album. I just kept trying to convince myself that it's a good album. Yeah. It's a good album. And <laughs> but I would just get really bored with like after the first four songs, I would just it would just kind of lose we, me until the we end. call that the Phantom Menace effect. <laughs> we just keep, <laughs> oh my keep god, going like, yes. like, no, it's good. It's good. It's good. I think it's, it's good. good. I, it's you gotta it, give it some time. He, he, but here's the here's, thing. Here's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> But here is the thing, is that over time, over, you know, 20 plus years of that album, it's grown to be one of my favorite bodies of work from Pumpkins, like, because it was a good thing they ended up releasing that supplemental material that didn't make it onto the the album. And they changed how they, you know, arranged the songs and uh, it just wasn't quite as, it didn't grab me the same way, but I'm, over the years, I've really come to appreciate that album and it's it's a great body of work for sure. Moving on. So I, I don't know if, if I can get through this without mentioning Weezer. And, uh, so you're right, Josh. Uh, this is, I, I thought about it long for a long time. And I think the point that I see, where were you broken? Where (laughs) was was, I broken? At what point Uh, were you broken by Weezer? When did they hurt you? I think there was a little bit of, uh, not what what syndrome should we call this this has to be some kind of like you know stockholm stockholm yeah that's what i was thinking i was like well i don't know if that's the right term but we'll go with that it was just this yeah syndrome that i had where it's like oh this is great this is great thinking inside my head oh my god what's happening i i kind of started sensing things at green album but I, I again i still really like green album and there's great things about it but i kind of like the first four or five songs and then after that it's kind of like nah. um, it's super short which works yeah, in its favor it's I think. short well in but the I, first four sorry i don't want me green album, but like the first four is so different like every one of the first four is like a different type of song and then the back half is all the same song six right. times in a row <laughs> yeah I heard all the like material before the same kind of thing with the pumpkins arising tour. I heard all that material there getting ready for, for maladroit and it all rocked. And I was, yeah. I remember my, like my friends were like, yeah, this is going to rock. They're going to rock so hard. And I remember re- reading a magazine at the time, guitar world where rivers was on the front of it with a beard and he it was holding like a, I don't know, flying V or something the, like that. Eddie Van Halen guitar, right? Yeah. I, I had that album. I had that magazine as well. Yeah. And that pumped me up because he was like, oh, I've been listening to Judas Priest and Iron Maiden. And I was like, oh, I went out and bought a Judas Priest album at that uh-huh. point. Um, but no, I think the breaking point for me, and I still tried to convince myself because a friend of ours had said, oh, this is the best they've sounded since the Blue album. It ended up uh, was Make Believe. Yeah. That was kind of uh, 2005. Like, I like this is such a pity, and I like perfect situation, and I like uh, freak me out. I like that song. Yeah, but a uh, a lot of the other songs, uh, I just can't do it. I think that was just a kind of a, a, a I, breaking I, point. By the way, me. that album, I remember when somebody pointed out that the melody for we are. So we're all on drugs. One of them uses the old diarrhea song melody. The yeah. <laughs> I remember you Yeah. Yep. Oh my God. I remember you saying that. And, uh, <laughs> I was like, I could never hear it the same after that. Yeah. So I was like, this is a dumb song, but at least it's kind of rocks a little bit. But then after I heard that, I'm like, oh God, it is the diarrhea song. <laughs> uh, Rivers. Uh, Should have called it the diarrhea album. Yeah. So. Uh, those were my five. I did have an honorable mention that this is going to be a hot take. I feel like, but I'm going to be honest was 1999's incubus. Make yourself. Huh? Ooh. That was a big disappointment. It's when they fell me. off. Uh, mm. well, they sold out. I was like still riding that science wave, yeah. I think. And I, I hadn't had enough of that yet. So I was craving like the next like heavy album yeah. from Incubus, and when that came out, it just uh, it just wasn't quite what I it didn't hit that same mark for me. I re- I remember really liking the song "The Warmth" with those like whale sounds. Yeah. The warmth uh, is I like good. That. 
I love that song. And, you know, the singles are, are, are fine from it. And I'm sure there's probably one or Except two other Drive. tracks. Except for Drive. Drive got fucking I, drilled yeah. into everyone's Fuck. skull. Common beer. Yeah. I hear it at the, like, clinic that, you know, <laughs> I work at. Like, God. it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm good on Drive. So Adult Contemporary. But uh, yeah, those were those were mine. So I guess that uh, ends our segment for bummer buys. What's bummer? Yeah, what, what is song says bummer, bummer? That's Hummer, Smashing uh, Pumpkins. Oh yeah, that's Billy Corgan going, "Life's a bummer," but it's live. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> it's Billy screaming, "Bummer!" Oh, nice. <laughs> So well, we hope everybody isn't having any bummer buys <laughs> and that all of your trips to the record store are fruitful and enjoyable and safe. And yeah, and maybe if you're super hyped about an album, maybe take it down a couple notches and just be like, yeah. you know, we'll see how it turns out and not be so, you know, disappointed so easily maybe when you hear it. <laughs> And when Weezer announces an album, don't expect it to be good. Just don't, don't get your hopes. Hey, up. sometimes you're pleasantly surprised. Sometimes there's a white album in there that you're like, "Whoa, right. how come that, they've been?" Where's this? Which been? Sad, yeah. saddens you even more because you're like, "Could they have been doing this the whole time?" And just yeah, he chose not to chose to not be a dick. <laughs> yeah. So, sometimes it takes years to come back to something and realize it has some worth, or maybe you judged it too quickly. At the beginning, so it, I enjoyed doing this because it, it made me listen to a couple things. Um, so yeah, yeah, me too. All right, well, next week we will be covering, like we said, the Shag's philosophy of the world. So we've been listening. I've been listening to it on YouTube Music, but I know it's out there. Uh, if you if you listeners want to check that out before we get into it, uh, be prepared. Uh, I think we're going to have some great conversation and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And I, I, I will add, by the way, you know, we talked about a lot of albums today that maybe we were disappointed by. Um, however, I don't think any of the albums we talked about today have quite the backstory and uh, just the, how it was made um, story of the Shags philosophy of the world. So, you know, tune in next week if nothing else to hear the story of how that album came to be because it's it's crazy. <laughs> it's like a true crime story. We're a true crime oh. podcast now, so there could be a whole series on the on the, on that. All right, thanks for listening, everybody, and remember to listen to music.